Now, the word beatitude means blessings. Each one is a rung of the ladder to spiritual success. So let's go right in then to the gospel record of Matthew and chapter 5 and verse 1. And we read these words. And Jesus, seeing the multitudes, plural, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. He went up the mountain. What's that telling us? The call is not to the multitude. It's but those prepared to make the effort to lift up oneself from the carnal to the spiritual. If we do that, that effort will bring forth a blessing. So this is why I said we've got to be prepared to climb. We've got to go up that ladder. We've got to go up that mountain to be with the Lord Jesus Christ because it says when he went up the mountain and when he was set, and the word set means to sit as a tutor. He was calling people under him. He was calling those prepared to listen to the tutor, even the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, then his disciples came unto him. What's that telling us? Very simply, what we've already demonstrated, those willing to climb and to learn. So the Beatitudes is a ladder to spiritual success. But we've got to be prepared to put the effort in to climb. And the, the parables here, or the, the blessings which are given here, take the disciple from a child up to maturity. Because as the last verse says in Matthew 5, verse 48, be ye therefore perfect or mature, even as your Father which is in heaven is mature or perfect. So shall we then, brethren and sisters, come with me? Because we are not going to stop with the multitude, are we? We're going to climb this ladder, the ladder to spiritual success. And verse 3 opens, blessed, happy. This is not just a passing joy. This is an, it has to be a permanent frame of mind. You see, we have highs and lows in life. But the joy of the Lord should be one which is with us every day. It should be a frame of mind. That's true happiness. It's not an external thing. It's an internal state of mind. We won't turn it up, but I'll give you the quotation. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, The joy of Yahweh is your strength. So there is the strength. There is the help. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward feeling. We should be thankful for that we have got life. A reminder to us all. We have only got today. Yesterday's gone. You can only learn from yesterday. We haven't got tomorrow. That's in Yahweh's hands. All we have got now. 
the day today that Yahweh be the joy of your strength. And so having introduced us like that, the apostle, sorry, the Lord Jesus Christ goes on in verse two, and he opened his mouth and he taught them. So these are things to be learnt, not just read, not be vain repetition. It's something which is we have to demonstrate in all our lives. We've only got today. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. It's the only day we have. And so verse 3 says, Blessed is the poor of the poor in spirit. Notice, think about that, poor in spirit. It's someone who feels down. You know, we can very often feel wretched, but it's a mental disposition. We have to acknowledge God's greatness and our smallness. Let's keep that in mind. Keep a marker, obviously, in Matthew, because Matthew 5 is where we're dealing with it. Let's come back into the prophet Isaiah and Isaiah 66. Now Isaiah 66 gives us what we're looking here for, that frame of mind which brings happiness. Isaiah 66, and we're just going to read the first two verses. Thus saith Yahweh, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? Where's the place of my rest? For all those things hath my hand made. All these things have been, saith Yahweh. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. And the word contrite there is to be pliable. In other words, we hear the words, we read the words of scripture, and it should make us be pliable in the hands of our father. And that is the promise that's given to us. If we go back to our chapter, Matthew 5, for what is the blessing? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't mean to say we go to heaven. But what it means, the kingdom organized from heaven. Why? For those who cry and sigh for the state of the ecclesia and the world situation. So that's our first rung of the ladder. Let's, have we got the courage? We've got the strength. Let's move on to the next rung, shall we? Because we've been shown the joy of Yahweh is our strength. Let's climb, my brothers and sisters, together. Verse 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The word means to grieve, to vex oneself. And look what it says. They shall be comforted. Now, I want to give you an example of someone who mourned for the situation of his own making and how he prayed unto his God. And it, exactly, they shall be comforted. Come with me into the second of Peter, chapter two. I say verse six, second of Peter, chapter two, verse six. 
Turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an example for those who after should live ungodly. We've come here because it is the idea of one who feels wretched, no strength, but we know God will help. So we're coming then into verse seven, example then, those that mourn, which says, and delivered just lot, is the word vexed. The word vexed means exhausted in labor, afflicted with evil. Lot had become absolutely worn out with himself, with his family. He was trying to preserve their spiritual integrity. His own stupidity had caused the decline of his daughter, who had married into Sodom society. He was vexed, it says, with the filthy conversation of the wicked. It vexed his righteous soul. But notice what it says. What we, why have we come here? Because God is able to bring a person out of difficult situation. So we read in, carry on then, for the righteous man dwelling among them, is seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He was in the midst of it, of his own making. Now, often, brethren and sisters, we've made decisions in life and suddenly realized they were totally wrong. And it's very, very difficult to get out. And verse 9 says, Yahweh knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and reserve, to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. Yahweh knows how to deliver. So the situation, my brother or sister, where you're tortured in mind and in body, realizing that was his fault and what he'd done for his family, we know Yahweh's able to deliver. So that's our second rung of the ladder. Are you fit to take the next one? Verse 5. So we see then that those that mourn, they will be comforted. If only we put our trust and confidence in God. He's there. He's always there for us through the, the great work of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we go now to verse 5. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. The word meek there means humble, gentle. It's the idea of that kind of meekness which endures with patience that which could have been avoided. Let us emphasize that meekness is not, I emphasize, not weakness we have to develop meekness it's an attribute of this ladder of which we're climbing at this present moment of time so keep a marker as always in matthew as we follow this idea of meekness come back with me into the prophet zephaniah not an easy one to find but uh if you've got uh, amos Nahum, Zephaniah, 
We come to Zephaniah, Zephaniah chapter 2. So why we come here? God is able. Blessed are the meek. That God will be with them. Zephaniah chapter 2. Um, let's take verse 2. Before the decree be bring forth, before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of Yahweh come upon you, before the day of Yahweh's anger is come upon you, our, our lesson even for us here now, as we climb the ladder of spiritual success, seek ye Yahweh. All ye, what was it say? The meek of the earth. Blessed are the meek. We've already read that. And have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. That why? Underline that ye may be hid in the days of Yahweh's anger. So this climb which we've all got to make on our ladder, our spiritual ladder to perfection. Not easy. Not easy. But we've got to learn to be meek, that ye may be covered in the day of Yahweh's anger. But look what, it, look what, what's, if we try our best to have meekness, that gentleness, not harsh, not ready to fight, but having meekness. Look what's promised to us. That's the thing where it says in Matthew, if you go back to Matthew, in Matthew 5 and at verse 5, um, sorry, verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall, what? Inherit the earth. Think about that. We're not going to heaven. We know that. Scriptures don't tell us we're going to heaven, but we're going to inherit the earth. God's mercy in the day of account that God will look upon us our trials, our difficulties, our struggles to climb the ladder of spiritual success. We see there, we shall, he says there, inherit the earth. Oh, what a privilege, my brethren and sisters. Isn't it worth fighting for? Why do we give up our hands and say, I can't go on any longer? Yahweh is there. He'll bring us through. Trust him. That's the thing. What do we do? We make a matter of prayer. We've got our big bag, bag of problems and difficulties. We go to Yahweh in prayer. We put the bag down. We tell him all the problems that we've got in our bag of problems and difficulties. What do we do? As soon as we finish our prayer, we pick up the bag and carry it around the rest of the day. Why didn't we leave it there? Are we so fond of, of our past? Let's go forward, my dear brethren and sisters. It's worth fighting for. So verse 6. So it says, back, back to Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be fulfilled. They shall be filled. Hunger and thirst. For righteousness. If you're really hungry, if you're really thirsty, that urgent desire to satisfy it, 
it, there's a wonderful illustration of this, you know, of this feeling, I can't take anymore. I'm so thirsty. I need something. I need nourishment. Come with me uh, as we follow into the book of Psalms. Psalm 42. Urgent to satisfy that desire for food and for water. Uh, Psalm 42, please. Psalm 42, and we're going to look at just two verses, that's all, but it's all linked to what we're, we're going through. And it's a, it's a wonderful illustration, I feel. You know, types and shadows in the scriptures and God's technical terms just thrills me. Verse 1 of, Isaiah, of Psalm 42, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? And the picture here is painted of a heart or a deer who's been chased by the hounds, who's almost going to give up and finds water. And it drinks of the water, which gives it strength. And it can run. It can outrun the hounds that are after him. And brethren and sisters, that there is our wonder of the Bible companion that day by day we can take three times a day if necessary the water of the word to revive us when we feel so thirsty, when we feel so out of sorts with ourselves and with everybody else around us. A study of the word of God. Don't just do the readings. Pause, consider what we have read and what we have looked at. And that wonder of that Psalm 42. And uh, just look at verse 5 while we're in there, Psalm 42. Just look at verse 5. I can't leave it without looking at this one. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? The answer comes, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, why my soul is cast down within me? Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the land, as I remember thee from the land of Jordan and unto the Hermonites and from the hill of Mitzvah. David felt the need in he needed spiritual strength. And for us, let's go to that storehouse uh, where we can find and be filled. But before we go back to Matthew, can we just go into Book of Revelation and Chapter 21? Revelation 21. Look at this. Revelation 21. Verse 6. Now, let's take verse 5. He that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He said to me, Write, these are the words which are true and faithful. He said to me, It's done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is thirst. But it says, The fountain of the water 
of life freely. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yahweh will provide. He will open our eyes to the wells of salvation. Let us day by day take in the water of the word. How far are we up the ladder? On our way towards God's kingdom. Let's go back and see how far we've gone. We go back then to uh, verse 7 then. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The word mercy is compassion. In word, notice, in word and deed. It isn't just that, oh, I'm very sorry about your problem. It's action. What can I do to help you? Oh, often, oh how often we turn the, the other cheek, we go away and, and see somebody, in, a brother or sister in problems, yet we give them fine words, but do no action. So it's compassion in a word and deed. Compassion. Well, back to the Psalms again. Psalm 103. The wonder of the Psalms. All the feelings of our brethren and sisters Every day we should ponder them. Psalm 103. And I want us to go in now at verse 8. We're coming here. Blessed are the merciful, for we shall obtain mercy. Um, Psalm 103, verse 8. Yahweh is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt us, dealt with us after our sins, nor reward us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, look at that, look up to the sky. We, I'm looking out from our room at the moment. The heavens are beautiful, blue with clouds, or after the rain which we had this morning. For well, the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those that fear him. Think about that. The mighty heavens. God is show his mercy. It's boundless. As far as the east is the west, from the west. Why didn't you say north and south? Because when you go north, you reach south. But the east and west, we can still keep going. East and west. So far, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And this is what I feel is lovely. Verse 13, mark this and underline this. Like as a father pitieth his children, so Yahweh pitieth those that fear him. Look at this. He knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And one transla translation gives, he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we have, that we have limitations. It, each one of, is, of us is a different character. Some can take more than another. God knows every one of us. He knows how far we can go without breaking down. It's like a potter. A potter knows his clay. 
He knows how much water to put in that pot. He knows how much heat to put on that pot. We are molded, should be moldable in the hands of the great potter. And so we have, we have shown here the wonder of God's word. And we think of his mercy, God's wonderful mercy. Hosea uh, says, let's find Hosea. Go to Hosea chapter 6. See what our God views mercy. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Link that also, if we go back very quickly to Psalm 18. So, Mercy is better than any sacrifice. Trying to understand, have compassion in word and in deed. Come with me then to Psalm 18 and verse 25. 18 and verse 25. With thy merciful Thou will show thyself merciful. So if we don't show mercy, we're not going to get mercy. That's simply language we can understand. With the merciful, thou shalt show thyself merciful. With the upright man, thou shalt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou shalt show thyself pure. With the froward, thou shalt show thyself froward. How we act, God will deal with us as he sees fit. We have to build up then a storehouse of mercy. Going back then on our ladder, are we prepared to climb another one? Let's go. Matthew 5 and verse 8. We read there, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure in heart. Really to see life through God's eyes. The word pure there means unmixed, no dirt, to be clean with no contamination. Oh, my brothers and sisters, how we get contaminated with what we see, what we look at, what we see, what we read, what we do. We get contaminated by this world in which we live. And the contamination is getting worse and worse. And it's very difficult to stand a lot uh, different. Our young people, I feel for them in this age in which they live. It was bad enough when we were young, but how much more now? Because there is no God as far as they are concerned. The world around is concerned. So no one can see God, can they? We're told that. But we have to work towards that goal. Well, we'll still, um, let's go back, sorry, uh, into, uh, again, the Psalms. Psalm 24. The Psalms are so wonderful, my brothers and sisters, for help in any kind of study. Psalm 24, and we look at verse 3. 
So pure in heart. Verse 4, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul to vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing of Yahweh and righteousness from the God of his salvation. He will receive that wonderful blessing. And so we consider then our next ladder. Are you ready to climb? Let's go then. Matthew 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Peacemakers, those who try to make peace. The wonderful example of the Lord Jesus Christ is given for us when Paul writes to the Ephesians. So, blessed are the peacemakers. We've got the example of none other than the Lord Jesus Christ in Paul's letter to the Ephesians and chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. For now, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off, that's speaking of the gentle, that's us, my brethren and sisters. My excuse, uh, my apologies if there are any Jews with us. Um, for he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you were sometimes were afar off, have been made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. See why we've come here, isn't it? He is our peace. And he hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of petition. He is our peace. And so the work of the Lord Jesus Christ was to bring two parties together. One who is not doing what they ought to, but with the work of the Lord Jesus Christ as our high priest, mediator, and advocate is to do exactly that. But to make one, that needs effort, you know. It isn't always easy. We know in difficult situations uh, in the workplace sometimes, or even in the ecclesia, where two opposing parties and each have got their own feeling of how they feel about this. We come now to Romans chapter 12. To make one effort is needed. Romans chapter 12 and at verse 17. Blessed are the peacemakers. Verse 17. Recompense no man evil for evil. Oh, human says, I'm a, he's done that to me. I'll have my own back. No, we won't, brothers and sisters. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things which are honest in the sight of men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. We're answerable, my brothers and sisters, to our own conduct, not others. If they will not accept peace, we have to leave it there but try our best to make peace with those who we see two parties arguing or even amongst ourselves, we have a problem. But you see, we've got to be peacemakers, not war, making war. The old saying, 
yes, I'm going to bury the hatchet. I'm going to put a marker where I've buried it. We don't do that, brothers and sisters. When we've made peace, we leave it in the hands of the Father. So let's look then at Hebrews chapter 12. The wonder of comparing scripture with scripture, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 12. And we read there. Follow peace with verse 14, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men in the meeting, out of the meeting, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord or Yahweh. So really, making peace, not making war, is our key to the kingdom, isn't it? Because if we don't follow peace with all men and holiness, which no man will see the Lord, it's as simple as that. And so we have to show the right way. Because why? Because righteousness, peacemaker, is the family characteristics. In fact, all the steps in our ladder are family characteristics, which we should show as adopted sons and daughters of the living God. Back to our chapter then, Matthew 5. Matthew 5. And this time we want to go to verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Persecuted, the word means to pursue, to press down. This idea, you know, a, a, a real weight put upon one. And we know that in the second of Timothy, there's a sobering comment about this. So just keep a marker in Matthew, as we say. Now, if we go to second of Timothy, chapter three. Persecution develops character. Second of Peter, chapter three. And verse 12. Blessed are those persecuted for righteousness sake. That little comment in, in the second of Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 which says. Yeah, let me take verse 11. I don't like taking them out of context. Persecutions, affliction which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecution which I endured, but out of them all on the line. Yahweh delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Sometimes it can be physical. Sometimes it can be mental. This generation will be in a difficult situation. My generation we had to stand up before a military tribunal. Their sole purpose was to make sure we were in the armed forces. And if you stand before a military tribunal of people who are determined that you have got to be in the, the army, navy or air force or whatever it may be, it's very difficult and you've got to stand your ground. But this generation now of our young people 
They've got to stand up against human rights. They've got to stand up against sexual orientation. But let's think now while we're in here, persecuted for righteousness day, for standing up for what's right. Come back with me to the Isaiah 51. My favorite book is Isaiah. There's so much in there, encouragement and strength. Isaiah 51 and verse 7. Hearken unto me, ye that know. Oh, we're back to our previous verse. That know righteousness. We know about right mindedness, don't we? The people in his heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men. Oh, and we do. Neither be afraid of their revilings. For a moth shall eat them up like a garment. And the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever my salvation from generation to generation. If we're standing up for the truth, God will bring us through to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 12. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou should be afraid of man that shall die? And of the son of man we shall be made as grass. And forgettest. Again, my emphasis, underline this, and forgettest Yahweh thy maker, and that's what happens. We try to handle situations ourselves. As I said earlier, we take the pack, we put it down, we tell God about it, and we pick it up and continue. And forgettest that Yahweh thy maker has stretched forth the heavens, laid the foundation of the earth, and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy and where is the fury of the oppressed? Why are we afraid of man? We are. And we don't like it, do we? But there we've got it. For there's it says, as we go back to our chapter. Matthew 5 and 10 verse. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you. The word revile there means to defame. You see, have you noticed, as we've got up the ladder, it hasn't got easier, has it? It's got harder. Because we've got to be purged. We've got to be refined. When I was an apprentice, one of my jobs in the printing industry was to melt metal. It was lead. And uh, we collected the lead type, put it in a great big crucible and put a fire under it. And every day my job was to take, keep taking the dross off the top. And when that metal was ready, my final taking of the, the spool, the, the, I forgot what the word is. Sorry. The dross off, <laughs> stake of the dross off. What could you see? You could see a perfect reflection of yourself. And God's doing that to all of us. The dross is taking it off. He puts the heat on underneath. We don't like it, but it's all for a purpose. The dross has been taken off. And Jesus and his father will look into the crucible of life. 
and see us. So, <clears throat> blessed are men when revile and taunt. We have to put up with this for my sake. We have the wonderful example. And we know taunts right from an early age. I know uh, when I was at school, uh, having the name around, oh, did I get some, uh, as it were, using the old black country expression, didn't I get stick from having the name like round? But round we are, round by name and round by nature. 1 Peter chapter 2, chapter 2, please. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22. One Peter two verse twenty two. So we we're looking here. The one who was blessed when men revile you for my sake, and he was he got the perfect example. One Peter chapter two and verse twenty two. Uh, let's read verse twenty one. For even unto where ye called, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us what an example. He is an example of how. How to deal with this problem which we've been looking at blessed for even unto which ye are called because christ also suffered for us leaving an example that we should follow in his steps in his steps who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth who when he was reviled reviled not again but and when he suffered he threatened not but committed himself unto him that judgeth righteously so as we come now towards the end of our chapter, Matthew 5, the examples that we're looking at in verse 12. Rejoice, be exceeding glad. Great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before us. Rejoice, your reward in heaven. It isn't in heaven, it's, it's there in the book of life in heaven and it's Jesus Christ is going to open that book one day and he's going to bring us to life so what do we do then preach the truth at all times and where necessary use words we need to grow up in the faith we, we read therefore in uh, Matthew 5 verse 12 Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. We know very well that from the book of Revelation, it's the book of life that's held in heaven. We don't go to heaven. It's the book of life that's held in heaven. And we know very well that God, in his time, will open that book. And where will our names be? Matthew 5, a reminder then as we conclude, Matthew 5, verse 48. Be ye therefore perfect or mature, grown up, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So we have to think of that, my dear brothers and sisters, as we ponder, we need to grow up in the faith. The big question which I want to ask now, will we, you and I, go back down the mountain to the multitude, or shall we stop up here in the heights of spiritual sight?